Hello, hello. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Get ready to learn and laugh. Here we go with your hosts, Megan Powers with Hires of Marketing and Jen Cole with Pick Media and Social Media Examiner. Hello, hello. Welcome to season three of Making a Marketer. This is episode 37 and it's a little reunion show. So Jen, how have you been? It's been incredible. It's been a very fast summer. You've been busy as always. I have been. How's your summer been? I feel like it's been forever, Megan. I know. Good. I've been traveling quite a bit. Attended a conference and then a a really, really big high school reunion that I planned this past weekend. And as a result, I have no voice. So I'm hoping... You sound amazing to me. At least sounds a little, you know, like Pat Benatar or sort of cool, womanly, deep voice and not anything else. Uh, You sound great. So, and this is our first show without our beloved Elizabeth Glau. So I just want to give her a shout out. She is sort of transitioning her career into, she's still trying to figure it out, but basically going down the path of helping companies with user experience and diversity and inclusion issues within the meetings and event space, which um, I think is pretty awesome. So I've been watching her journey, um, trying to figure that all out. Um, so she is missed, but still, you know, honorary member of the team. So, all right. So today we have three amazing groups of people who have been past guests on the last season. So season two guests, and I'm going to introduce them real quick and then give them a chance to say hello. So starting off with Azriel Rats of Rats Pack Media. You can find him on Facebook as Rats Pack Media. That's with a Z. He is the king of Facebook ads. And he was on episode 27, um, of course, talking about paid ads on Facebook. So check that one out. And next up is Amanda Robinson. She is the digital gal. And I would argue that she is the queen of Facebook ads. So I want to introduce you back to back. (laughs) Thank you Uh, so much. And you can find her on all the social... I'm going to be like a a lesser part of this now. (laughs) Oh, Oh, there's this other guy. (laughs) Then you are the... What's the head of parliament? Oh, I was going to call him the court jester. (laughs) 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 Only because we love you, Ben. All right. So Amanda can be found on on the socials as the digital gal. And we spoke with her on episode 21 as she was about to um, head out on her embarkation into the um, digital nomad life. And, but, you know, Facebook ads is her jam too. So, and then Sir Ben Roberts. His, I'll, sit, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> his website is ben-m-roberts.com. And he's on the Twitter of the reverse of that. Roberts underscore Ben underscore M. Apparently there are a lot of Ben Roberts. Yeah, I've, I've tried. I, honestly, I've, I've messaged so many people about buying their Twitter handles and no one replied to me. So oh. I stuck with what I, what I got. All right. Well, and then he has his own podcast called the Marketing Buzzword Podcast. He was on episode 28 where we chatted about freelance marketing and building your own personal brand. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. I'm so happy you could be here, especially Ben and Azrael, because they are. it is late night over across the pond. So thanks for being with us. All right. So I asked everyone in advance, because this is a whirlwind, right? We're doing a group every 20 minutes. We did this last beginning of Season 2, and it was a lot of fun. And I think it's a great way for people who are new to the show to learn about 
what the show's about and to learn about you all. And so I asked everyone to be prepared with what's the one big thing that you've learned since we last had you on the show. And I'll go with, I'm going to let ladies first, Amanda. Oh boy. I know it's a loaded question for you because you've done a lot in the past year, but you had some time to think about it. So to quickly frame this up, last time I joined you here on Making a Marketer, we talked about my digital nomad journey and how I was just launching. It was the start. I hadn't really you know, started that maiden voyage yet. And I was full of wonder and excitement and you know, can't wait to see where the wind is going to blow me and across the country. And it was an amazing feeling. I was very excited and very enlightened. Well, a year later, I have road tripped coast to coast, cut across the United States three times. And now I'm up in Victoria in British Columbia and Canada. And in that time, if I knew then what I know now, I have to say I wouldn't have done it. But I'm glad that I did. I'm so glad that I did. I have learned so much on my journey. But if I had to summarize it into the what's the one thing that I've learned, I would have to say that it, it applies to life in travels as well as business in that where you are today is going to look nothing like where you are a year from now, is going to look nothing like where you are two years, five years, 10 years from now. So by worrying and stressing about the right now and not looking forward with endless possibilities of building toward a goal that is absolutely possible, then you're just worrying yourself and you're stuck in your today. And there's no point in being stuck in your today because tomorrow is going to look so different. The next day is going to look so different. Everything You don't know what life is going to throw at you and you don't know how you're going to handle it. And you don't know what business is going to look like a year from now. You don't know what doors are going to open and what opportunities are going to drop on your lap and what things are going to come across your desk. So you don't know. So just keep things rolling forward. Keep your mind open keep working hard, but don't get down when things don't go to plan. And really nothing ever goes to plan. Right. (laughs) I like that. That is solid advice. I would say what I've seen is resilience in you and get in a little bit more into what you're doing currently uh, work-wise. But yeah, I think where you've gotten to based on all of that is pretty amazing. And I'm excited to see what, what comes next for you. Thank you. Ben. Hello. It's your one big thing. Yeah. Um, Israel, I love this question. So I was trying to think about the best way of sort of phrasing this. But I think the thing that I've really taken over the last sort of, I don't know, since we dusted it, was about expanding my knowledge and my mindset to try and think about things that were beyond potentially my possibilities. So almost planning for the what could come next, even though you have no idea. It's the known unknowns and thinking about those sort of things. So literally a week and a half ago, I've taken, I've moved from in-house marketing, what I've been doing for like nine years, and I've now moved over to an agency, which is crazy scary. Nine months ago, I had the idea of writing a book. I just wrote a book and then that came out, what, three and a bit months ago. And it's just taking those opportunities, finding new ways to expand my mind and do something different that I'd never even can really consider before. I'd never thought about I'd work for an agency. I never thought I'd write a book. I never thought I'd do some of these things. But it's no, like, I guess, like Amanda, you don't know where these roads are going to take you. But if I didn't take those opportunities and didn't try and see where life could take instead of just sitting back and going, Oh, I wish I could have done that. Oh, oh, that's great. Other people are doing that. Oh, maybe I could, maybe I could do it. Maybe I can't give it a damn good go. Um, and that's what it, for me, that's something I've really taken over the last sort of nine months, year, nine months. It's expand my horizons, try something different. Yes. Some of it will mess up. And actually wise people will know that not everything goes to plan. Not everything works out, but if you don't challenge those unknowns, actually you'll probably become 
quite people get unhappy when they become settled. People do like not necessarily complete change. They like some stability, but having something that was new and exciting, a goal to aim down. So I still have my goal 30, which was to be a CMO of FTSE 250, but I'm 30. I've had that goal since I was 16. Whether I get there or not, it's still actually kind of irrelevant. But everything I do builds towards that. So I've still got a couple of years left to get to that. So find new things, expand knowledge, and that's what, uh, what I've been doing. So I've been quieter on social because I've been doing all these other things, which is exciting, but nice. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Looking fear in the face. You know a little bit about that, right, Jen? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Quite the year. Yeah. Azriel, what about you? What's your one big well, thing? Well, I, I didn't really realize that we were going to talk about like, ex- existential crises that we had. <laughs> you can yeah, bring so it back down to earth for us. Yeah, you don't have to. You can keep it, keep it real so, like you do. So last night when, when you asked this question, I kind of said, well, what did I talk about our podcast together? So our podcast was recorded December last year. And since then, I've done probably 100 podcasts. So a lot of stuff has really changed as far as what I talk about. So that specific podcast is called the FEO method, which was find, engage, and optimize. It was like the best way to talk to the people that you want to reach and how to talk to them, what type of ad testing to do, and all these like really, really in-depth, specific targeting options and... What I came to realize over the last year is that a lot of businesses get so bogged down in these very minute details that they just don't do anything. Like, great example, I was sitting at Social Media Marketing World this past year, and I sat down with someone and I gave her like a laundry list of all the stuff she should do for her business. And at the end of the hour conversation, as she was getting up, I said to her, you know, I gave you like a dozen things probably more that you should be doing today on your website. But I'm telling you, you're going to walk away and do none of them. because You're going to be so overwhelmed about the little details about which one I should do and which is going to be the best one that's going to work and what video is going to be the one that's going to go viral. And at the end of the day, it's just about choosing a thing. And even if it doesn't, Ben just, it's exactly the same idea that Ben was talking about. Like he didn't think that this is the way he was going to end up, but you know, he, he decided he's going to write a put, he's going to start writing a book. And then six months later, he wrote a book. That's not, I can't imagine writing a book in six months, but you know, like that's exactly the idea is you just, you pick something and whether or not it's the thing that's going to be the winner and it's going to be the one that, you know, like it's going to be that thing that's going to make you all the money and it's going to make you, you know, get a million followers on whatever platform. You just pick something, do that thing and try because if you do nothing, then you'll have gotten nowhere. So really in a lot of the podcasts that I spoke on, it was like, if you had $7 to spend a day on Facebook ads, who do I target? What's the one ad I make? And just go from there because people are so overwhelmed. Like, well, how do I know if it's a video or an image or like, should it be square or should it be rectangle or should, should it be my email list or my website visitors? And it's just like, just pick one, do that one thing. And you're now one step ahead. Even if it failed, you at least know, like, you know, Ben Benjamin Franklin said, I found a thousand ways to not make a light bulb. That's really like the thing I definitely learned over this last year is if you if you feel very bogged down in the details, just figure out how you could take one step. And when you turn around 100 steps later, you'll realize how far you've come. That's amazing. See, you did get deep. You, <laughs> 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 <Next job. laughs> 
But I love that though, because like, you see it so many times on these Facebook groups are amazing for it, where people go, oh, I've got $20. What's the best business I should start with that? What's the be- easiest way I'm going to go and make $40, $100? Uh, it's like, there are so many potential ways. And it's like, oh, you should do drop shipping. Oh, you, should, you should start a writing business. You should do this, that. It's like, there are so many nuances to all this stuff. And there is no one best way, one worst way. Yes, there are some things that will give you a better chance of success in a short run. There are things that are easier to start with less money. But if you don't do something or you go rely on someone to say, oh, you need to do drop shipping, but you go, oh, well, what the hell is drop shipping? Let's go and do all that. It becomes a, sort of a waste of time because time is money as well. So you spent three, three months learning how to do drop shipping when you could have started something else. Now I'm going deep again as well. You know, I love what you brought up there, Azrael, about like, think about how many failures it takes to make a success. And that's a lot of work, but great things come from failure. And so that's a very valuable lesson to be learned um, in in every aspect of life, but definitely in Facebook ads. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and speaking of uh, Facebook advertising, this this leads me into something that I would like to talk to Amanda about. Amanda, when you were doing your digital nomading, you were also starting up um, some pretty cool courses and you've had some pretty amazing success. So you're now teaching online classes on Facebook advertising. What's been the biggest aha moment that you've had in the process of rolling out your courses? So many of them. So, uh, so many aha moments. Uh, my biggest aha was learning to do a beta test first. So in this whole journey of nomading, I fired pretty much all of my clients or I let go of my clients, my client base to build my build myself a runway of room to build this program, which was my four-week Facebook ads training program. And when I launched that program, I launched it with a beta group. So I had about 30 people that I put through the program to, to start out. And what I really learned very quickly is that I have all these ideas. They're all wonderful ideas. And I think people want to learn these things and they do, but the way that it sits in my mind versus the reality of executing on it versus them actually learning it and implementing it, there are so many different pieces to that puzzle. And had I not done the beta launch, I would never would have learned all of those things that needed to be tweaked and fixed and to get it to the point where the people that I'm teaching, I had in the first group, I had somebody at the end of the four weeks say, Hey, this is really great. I've learned so much. I can now do Facebook ads but it really would have been helpful if you gave us like a, a cheat sheet of ad terms because you know I'm still not clear on reach versus impressions. And in my wow. mind, I'm like, that's so basic. And that helped me put together my Facebook ads glossary cheat sheet download of all of the different ad terms and what they actually mean. So it's sort of a little reference guide. And by building in those additional little tools to help people with that learning curve, it's helped me a lot. Plus learning uh, at the same time that I launched that program, Business Manager became sort of a main implementation that a lot of newbies, a lot of new, new folks into Facebook advertising were getting funneled into. So I realized, oh, I can't just run people right into Ads Manager and, learn, and teach them how to do ads. I have to teach them Business Manager first. Nice. So there were all of these little like roadblocks and, and bumps and hiccups that I was hitting along the way. And had I not done that beta group, I would have launched a program that I don't want to say would have flopped, but it certainly would not be nowhere as effective as it is now today. There's just a huge learning curve and how something looks in your mind is very different than the actual reality of implementation and training and getting the results out of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think we could do a whole show on that journey of like the course creation and how that works. That's pretty amazing. And I've since then, now that I have, you know, launched that program, I've refined it. And now I've put several cohorts of people through that program. I've now started bringing clients back on board. So I now have a new client base on board. I have a whole different mix. Basically, when we talked last year, Megan, I had one stream of income and that was all clients. And now that we're talking, I have several. I've diversified it. I've done it intentionally. That's amazing. Okay. So I told you guys, this is going to go fast. We have one more question each for Ben and Azriel, and we have our next group on deck. I love it. Everyone's here. So if you guys want to put yourself on mute until we roll into, we've got a few more minutes here. All right. So Ben, tell us about agency life so far. You just said what, a week and a half. So, but kind of what, like what made you make the change other than they, what gave you an offer you couldn't refuse? <laughs> yeah, well, was part, part of that. And and the other thing is, I was out speaking in Paris about sort of this thing I've called the interview era and actually finding when you go and talk and you do these podcasts, of, is making sure that what you believe as a person aligns with what you do. And I was working in-house and I loved working in-house. There are some amazing things about it because if I wanted to do something... I'd just get it done or I'd find a way of getting it done. Agency is a bit different, obviously, because there are people who have budgets and there's time. And it's like, I've got a number of different clients now. So it's exciting that I'm working with different clients, but it's also frustrating from the fact that like, you've got all these things wrong. I want to fix them. I need to fix them before I can do this. And it's like, oh, well, we want to do that way. So you have to now try to educate people. Actually, no, you need, it's let's get that done. And then this will be more effective. So that's interesting learning. But for me going to an agency, it was like, I live, breathe and do marketing all the time to be able to help more people do their marketing better, be able to actually be able to go and speak and do these podcasts and actually be able to really attribute it back to what I'm doing for multiple people. That was something that was quite exciting for me. So I never thought I'd go agency side because I love in-house, but it's nice to be able to actually almost live and breathe and all these tactics, tools and strategies I've learned over the years to be able to find different ways of implementing them for a number of different people at the same time. So yeah, that's sort of... And then, yeah, when they came to me and said, look, we want to bring you to an agency, I went, oh God, really? I, want, I don't know if I want to work for an agency. And then they sort of convinced me and I was like, let's do it. So I'm now sort of heading up the social media and... Uh, <laughs> Then hit the social media and SEO team there, and I'm going to build that up and uh, run the yeah, make, right make stuff happen. Elo and I know firsthand about you get to deal with all kinds of crazy instead of just your own internal crazy. <laughs> Jen, do you have one more question yeah. for Azrael? Since the last time we had you on the show, Azrael, has there been anything ginormous that has changed with Facebook ads? Everything has changed about Facebook ads. Like Amanda's like, uh huh, everything that happened let's pick one let's pick one because it's my like it's my topic so facebook ad summit is coming up next month social media examiner and i'm speaking on the topic of cbo's which is campaign budget optimization and it's probably the largest change since i've been doing facebook ads which is 2012 that i can remember in the basic structure of a facebook ad so for those who are unfamiliar, the way you've always run Facebook ads is from the ad set, which means that you have a campaign, you choose what you want. So just assume I want link clicks. And then in my ad set, I'll choose, you know, all my different audiences, my warm audiences, like my email list, my website visitors, my Facebook page likes, then I'll have my cold audiences, my lookalikes and my interest-based targeting and maybe like behaviors or geographic targeting. It's generally the way that it's always worked was you don't know which audience is going to work best. So you just assign all of them to spend $20. You come back in two days 
And at the end of the two days, you know which one did best. If you know the website visitors did really great, let's put more money in there. If the lookalikes did not so great, you put take the money out. And essentially, from there, you really know what to do. But CBOs change the whole game. Now, instead of putting a budget on each of those ad sets, you're actually putting it at the campaign level. So now instead of assigning $20 to all 10 of your ad sets, you're just saying, I have $100, Facebook, you figure it out. And it means that the way you structure your ad campaigns, there's a lot of them. Actually, I gave a whole, this is exactly what I'm talking on. Don't have, I, we have like negative three minutes left to talk about it. <laughs> Every different way of structuring your ad campaign leads to a different result. Should you separate out your warm audiences, and your cold audiences? Should you put in different, you know, the best versions of every campaign together and see which ad set works, even if they're competing targeting? Should you put the same targeting options into three, you know, different ad sets and see which one performs best and turn the other one? There's so many different ways of structuring your campaigns that did not exist before. They wouldn't have made sense to build before. And now, as far as we know, in the next few weeks, Many business managers, that will be the only option in your ad manager is to structure your campaigns like this. And it's definitely the largest reaching change that's ever been made and has a lot larger effects that we can't talk about now. Right. Because <laughs> we've run out of time. I told you it goes really fast. Well, and I think we should have the king and queen of Facebook back on the show. And sir... Ben Roberts, not, 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 not. Well, yeah, it's just call me the court jester. It's yeah, fine. Court jester. No, <laughs> can be back on. Thank you all so much for joining us on our season two reunion to kick off uh, season three. I really appreciate you guys. You can hang out and listen if you want to listen on the conversation. Three stellar guests have just entered. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks, okay. everybody. Thank you. Next, we have Elo Newcomb. Kelly Noble Mirabella and Stephanie Liu. So I'll start. I'm going to um, give introductions and then uh, give you guys a chance to say hello and then we'll dive right in. All right. So Elo is a business owner. She's also a fairly new mama, although I can't believe she's like almost a toddler now. She, she's gone from being a uh, super preemie to being just like a regular size kid. So super cute. Just the personal thing I add in there. She's the owner and founder of a non-agency called The Collective SD. She was on episode 22 talking about non-agency life. So a little bit of a different way to looking at being an sort of an anti-agency. And I've worked with her personally on several projects and clients over um, the last year and a half-ish. Uh, welcome, Elo. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Okay, so next we have Kelly Noble Mirabella. She is the bot babe who has a YouTube channel called Baby Got Bot, where she provides the absolute best videos on how to develop chatbots using ManyChat. In fact, it's so good that ManyChat has hired her to do their training busy with videos. <laughs> you know, if only you could see her, it's audio only. Oh, she's got a little behind the curtain. <laughs> I love it. And so she was on episode 23 talking about chatbots. Excited for what is on chat for her. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm always camera ready. <laughs> I love it. And Miss Stephanie Liu, um, she, I mean, she knows it all with marketing. She's also worked in an agency um, and uh, she's doing a ton of different things at the moment. She is a Facebook Live strategist in particular. We had her on episode 24 we talked about live streaming. Um, she has a free group on Facebook called Social Media Strategists and a show called Lights Camera Live, among a million other things. She's a video PRO. Welcome, Stephanie. 
So I let everyone know in advance, what's the one big thing you've learned since we last had you on the show? And I know it's a big question. Some of you have had longer, a longer period of time than others. Um, but we'll start with Elo. What's your other than how to be a mom? What's your one big thing? You know, it actually, you know, I thought a long and hard about this answer. A lot has happened since I've last been on the show, and it actually does kind of dovetail into becoming a new mother. But I think the biggest thing as a business owner I've learned is to expect the unexpected, especially when you are a, a business owner, the buck stops with you. So anything that happens, whether it's business related or personal related, you kind of have to have a contingency plan for so many different things. For me, my baby Ava came eight weeks early. So I was just beginning to put the foundation in place for maternity leave and how I would get projects going, keep them going, uh, make things as seamless as possible. And that whole plan kind of just went right out the window. So having a great team around me, yourself included, um, was just so important to keeping things afloat and keeping them going. But it really showed me that, you know, you always have to have a good plan in place, expect plan B, C, D, and so forth. And also to just have great people around you, just the importance of your network and your team is just so amazing. And always do like that human element, just recognizing the importance of that too, surrounding yourself with good clients too, is just so important. So I think that was the big thing that I took away in the last few months in particular. Love it. Yeah. Good clients. That's a key one, huh? We've been on both sides of that, of that coin. <laughs> We've been on, yes, absolutely both sides. <laughs> in, in, since, since the show. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Miss Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's been a lot going on. Yeah. I'm still in the process of learning what is going on. <laughs> <laughs> all a learning curve. Um, a lot has happened in the last year. And I can say that for me, a big thing was just knowing that you need to stick with it. Something I've learned over the past actually two years, but really solidified this year is stick with the one thing and work through the, the bumps. I know that D's in here and, and he had talked about that in one of his roads recently is having a lot of opportunity and then being frozen with it. I have all these things that have worked for me because I've stuck through and worked really hard on my brand and on the chatbot thing. And now I'm like, okay, I'm at a crossroads. What am I going to do with all these opportunities? Got it. All right. Miss Stephanie, you too have been doing a million things. You just spent what, a month in Vegas? What's, uh, what's, your, what's your one big thing since, since we had you on? Communication is everything, you guys. Whether whether you're doing Facebook ads, chat bots, YouTube videos, etc., communication at the end of the day is the most important thing that you should be investing in yourself to make sure that your messaging comes across clearly and concisely. Wow, I love it. And that was clear and concise. Look at you walking the walk. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, I, I love that you're with Mini Chat. That's such a freaking amazing fit. It is so exciting. And there's some awesome things going on over there with chatbots. Um, and yeah, things are changing constantly, just like with everything else in digital marketing and of course, social media marketing. 
But what's the number one positive thing about chatbots that you would love to share with everyone? I think that the number one thing, it's not so much a chatbot thing, it's a it's where we are in a digital space today. We have an opportunity as digital marketers, as businesses, to utilize so many tools cohesively. And I think that's something that people miss out on the messenger bot thing. They think they're going to replace email or replace this or that. When in fact, <laughs> you utilize the most powerful thing is utilizing this tool along these other tools that you have available to you. That dude, I've been doing this 12 years, y'all. <laughs> we didn't have all this stuff that we have now, and it can be overwhelming. But if you figure out what the flow is and how everything connects together from the human aspect to all the tools in between, uh, it's, it's pretty freaking amazing how we can take our customers through the customer journey from cold lead to like dedicated super fan. And that's really what I'm obsessed with right now with messenger bots, as well as just the, the broad spectrum of tools that are available to us. Yeah, well, and just starting, right? Because like, that's for me, I feel I'm a little bit paralyzed at the moment, even though I you know, I did your course and of course I still have to finish it and I'm going, but I'm like, I figured I'm going to the conference because then that'll sort of force me yeah. to just get like, even if I don't get like, you'll get inspired because you're going to be around other nerds. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. But I could see how it's a metaphor, right? For the flows in that just doing one, just asking one question and a yeah. chat bot can get you started. And then exactly. uh, yeah, you can go from there. All right. So Miss Stephanie, you have been in Vegas for a month. Do you want to talk about what, you, what you've been up to? Can sure. you talk about what you've been up to? Is it top secret? It's top secret. It's kind of area 51. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Vegas was absolutely amazing. I was there for about 26 days. For those of you who don't know, I'm a certified trainer in neurolinguistic programming. So everything in terms of understanding how the mind works, how to communicate more effectively, that's something that I've been working on for the last five years or so. And so being in Vegas, I was there for train the trainer, which means I can then turn around, launch my own programs, my own seminars where I'm teaching the next wave and certifying the next wave of NLP practitioners, master practitioners, hypnotherapists, and all of that good stuff. And from a marketer's perspective, that's what makes it so interesting is because when you're able to use hypnotic language patterns, that really gets people to stop what they're doing and look and listen to what you have to say that's the most beautiful thing that's, that's, that's going to happen, especially, especially if you want to captivate on command and just work the stages. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought about how that, how that relates, but that makes, that's a, makes amazing sense. I mean, as an ad copy nerd girl, all about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Eli, what would your advice be to someone trying to branch out on their own? Yeah, I think the, branching out on your own, the first step is to just bolster up and have that confidence to do it. I remember the first few weeks and days when I was making the decision to go out on my own. And there was a lot of like fear-based thinking around, you know, especially in the way that my business is structured, thinking, are people going to think that leveraging the gig economy and having sort of like a virtual office is going to be like Mickey Mouse? Are they going to think that that's somehow not legitimate? Are they going to question building these teams this way? So in regards to my specific business, I was looking at all of the, uh, I don't detractors in my opinion, when I really should have been looking at them as the positives. Now, three years into it, I see that a lot of that thinking was fear-based and things have been well-received. And so I, I guess my biggest piece of advice would be 
to take those fears, flip them on their head, look at the positives and the opportunities and, and have a confidence with what you're bringing to the table. Because clearly people have gotten to a place to think that they can go out on their own. So really like bolster that and get your arms around why you've even come to that place to go out on your own and really put your energy behind that versus the fears and the unknowns. Um, because really there's so much talent out there and, you know, really just harness that. And, and really also like, again, comes back to people, find those support systems, find those synergies with other, um, you know, other creatives, um, other partners, those clients and build your tribe. Yeah. Collaboration can be a really powerful thing. I, I love that you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. It's definitely done some wonders for my company and, and even the social media examiner community, of course, because I mean, how many brains is way better than one. That's awesome. Yes. Yep. And you know, I I think something that you said there too, is we're all not competitors. Right. And that's, I think a lot of the thinking that we have is you think of yourself as this ship by yourself in a sea of other ships and really like we can really come together and build a team, share thoughts, share, share these strengths. And we are, you know, better together. So I like to see everybody as a partner instead of a competitor, really. Absolutely. I love that you said that. That's so cool. It's so powerful. And I don't think that can be preached loud enough, honestly. Well, for sure. Especially because we're all in our own like bubbles, right? Like you're, we're, we're all in our home offices or, you know, like separate from everybody else. And so that's amazing. All right. So we have just a few more minutes. I want to do a little, uh, quick fire. We'll start with Kelly. What's a, other than a chatbot tool, what is one tool that you recommend folks? TubeBuddy. What is it? TubeBuddy. 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 Uh, I do YouTube videos and TubeBuddy has been really useful in the research and development of my keywords, my title tags, my descriptions. They do like these really cool workshops that help you with views and, you know, whatever you're trying to focus on, likes, subscribers, that sort of thing. So it's been a a tool I use weekly because I do weekly videos. Right on. And you're still running your own channel uh, simultaneously while you're doing stuff for ManyChat, right? Yeah, I got Baby Got Bot. I release new videos every Thursday. So I got to go edit a video after this. (laughs) Our, one of our next guests, Damien, has no idea what that's about. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Steph, what, what's yours? Quick fire. My, tool. my go-to tool these days? Yeah. For sure, it's otter.ai. That's like my favorite number one transcription tool at the very moment. It allows me to break up break up paragraphs easily, effortlessly, turn it into SRT files. And as you know, like you're uploading videos to multiple platforms. And I mean, seriously, you, you can't go wrong with 600 free minutes just oh, to get awesome. started. Good. Very cool. Love it. Elo, what about you? So for some of our clients, they have websites that haven't been super easy for lead generation campaigns. For whatever reason, the platform is difficult to redesign landing page on the fly or that user journey. So we've really been loving using lead pages as kind of a stopgap to take that user, that customer to a specific environment where we can have them do, you know, whatever action, whether it's lead capture or um, buy something or do something, et cetera. So lead pages has been like that nice, that nice tool that is a, a great synergy between our social or paid digital campaigns and an end result and to track all of those analytics as well. Right. Love it. All right. We are right on time, despite the verbose people in the first group, 
<laughs> we're we're back <laughs> on track. <laughs> we had a uh, Stephanie Lou, the super succinct mama here. Thank you, Elo, Stephanie, and Kelly for joining Thanks. us for this awesome reunion show. We appreciate you. You're welcome to hang out and listen in on the rest if you like. And up next, we have another stellar group of folks. I'll introduce them and give them a chance to say hello. Group three, we have Damian Ross, Michaela Alexis, and Kendra Losey. All right. So Damian, um, he has remarkably recorded and published... I think as of today, it's 519, 519 days straight that he's recorded and published the video. And we'll get into the road to 1000 um, when, we, when we chat with him. We could definitely do a show with him just talking about that and all of the lessons learned and all that good stuff. But he was on episode 21 talking about the digital nomad life. He has also since launched an apparel company, t-shirt company called Rootless. Actually, not just t-shirts, they got hats. If you could see him now, you would see he's wearing one to cover up his of a hairdo. <laughs> he also has a podcast now called Plan D. Whew, a lot going on. Hey, Damien. Hey, hey, how's it? Good. He's got a real podcaster's mic and everything. Yeah, so I'm in a I'm on a farm in Vermont. Like literally, if I open this up, I know people listening can't see. There might be some horses behind me. Oh, how fun! Oh, I love how you waited to do it like a reveal. That was fantastic. Well, it's just the backlight. <laughs> they're not there now. It would have been funny if there had been someone walking around. <laughs> it really um, <laughs> looking in the window. <laughs> All right. So, so hopefully, I don't go in and out too much. The internet's kind of weird. Okay. All right. It's cool. Wouldn't be the first time on this show. All right. Kayla Alexis is a LinkedIn expert and she was on episode 25 talking about just that. Um, she will be speaking at the LinkedIn Global Conference um, and she's part of a docuseries coming out on Amazon Prime called The Social Movement that I can't wait to talk about. And is also launching a LinkedIn pages course called Profit with Pages this week, right? Hi, Michaela. Yep. Two days. <laughs> that sound you guys were hearing was her mic sh as she was shimmying against her shirt. <laughs> she was doing a little... Some happy, some happy dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay. And then Kendra, she is the founder and CMO, Fueled Marketing and Moto Marketing. She's also an adjunct marketing professor. She does work in the cannabis marketing with Moda, and that's what we discussed on episode 26. It is in the top four most listened, most downloaded shows that we have. So I think that says a lot about the opportunity in the space that you're in for sure. All right. So, and I love Jen's rocking her rootless hat too. She's representing. Awesome. Um, <laughs> all right. Again, as I've said for the last two groups, I asked everyone to come up with the one big thing, which I know is a lot because everyone that we've had on the show today are rock stars and have been doing a ton of stuff since you were on the show. And for Damien, it's been almost a year. Uh, it'll be a year next month. So I'm going to put you on the spot first. Damien, what's your one big thing? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just round them off too. One is don't put all your eggs in one basket. When I was here uh, last time this year, I was working for someone that I thought, you know, family, you know, and then one day you don't work there anymore. So don't yeah. put all your eggs in one basket. But two is, you know, really it's the numbers game. I feel like people are still like hooked on this. It's the, the 1980s version of what kind of car do you drive? You know, how many followers, connections, fans do you have? And it's the worst question in the world. And it really doesn't mean anything. It's, it's a fake number. Your tribe is your tribe. 
You know, that what I'm able to do with the amount of numbers that I have, the low numbers that I have has been pretty incredible in my book. And I think people get caught up in that. They start playing the numbers game. They find validation in it. And there's no validation in it. We shouldn't be able to see it. Like I, I'm, I'd be so excited if these platforms finally got to that level where your worth wasn't a number, you know, and it'd yeah. be great. And I, I think it's coming. I mean, I think some of them are getting a little smart. I know they're doing it more for maybe mental health of some of our youth. They're going to remove some of these things, but I think ultimately it'd be good mental health for some of these adults too. No, for sure. Actually, that's funny you say that because I was just sort of made to feel, not purposefully, but I was sort of made to feel that the number of downloads we have on this show is low. And it was just a reaction. It wasn't something that she said specifically, but I was like, oh. But then someone else said, you know what? Any one person listening to your show is a, a tremendous thing. So I feel... And then I, so it brought me back. And so I feel you know, better about our downloads. But you're right. It shouldn't matter. Because truly... I mean, I have people walking up to me at Social Media Marketing World like... Oh, I totally know who you are. I love your show. And I'm like, what? How did me? That is so cool. <laughs> so if not for just that one person, you know, it's all worth it. And and yeah, and I do and we are trying to do the show thinking about or not about ourselves, but about the listener and just hoping that they can um, take some lessons away from it. And I think that's a good lesson for anything. So thanks for that. Miss Kendra, what's your one big thing? You know, I was thinking about that. Can you hear me okay? I was thinking about that because I was trying to narrow it down with all of the changes in the CBD market with the farm bill that came out. It's just been not total chaos, but the industry for CBD and cannabis is changing every day, right? And when you layer on top of that social media and all the changes, trying to find the path and being able to, it's not just specifically for marketing, but being able to pivot and understand what are the most important things and not always get shiny object syndrome and distracted by everything going on and being able to ride through it, knowing what the end goal is, right? So whoever, whatever client I'm working on and for myself as well, looking at how to be able to ride through all of the chaos that's happening in every dimension of the business at this point and for these companies and really being able to understand and, and, and ride through that and pivot if need to, but being able to, to stay true to the strategy, stay true to what's working and really listening to their customers and understanding what they're doing. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. I, um, yeah, that's, that space is great. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have so much respect the fact that you've dedicated like an LLC, like that you are like in that space because it's a lot. And then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Miss Michaela, long time no see. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's your one big thing? And then we'll talk about unless Ooh. it's unless it's the we could we can talk on the next question about the show, but um, <laughs> but that's you it. Know what? That's Surprisingly, it. that hasn't been like the one big thing. I think that the one big thing for me over the past year has really been to get so niche that it feels uncomfortable. Oh. I think that once you start working solo, you're kind of like this like wide net of... I think I started with personal branding and LinkedIn in general. And even on the show, I was still kind of dabbling in personal branding. And it's something that I still love to do. But I had at the same time was building my, my own corporate brand and saw that there was this huge opportunity where people weren't really telling stories in a really uh, compelling way as businesses. And so I really had to have like a, <laughs> it was a little bit of self-help where I had to sit down and be like, this is so uncomfortable to go into an area that nobody else is in and really just specialize and focus on that area. 
And uh, it took me a few months to kind of build up the courage to be able to do so. But now I'm able to serve people in a totally different way where I'm not attracting a whole spectrum of people. I'm attracting small to medium-sized businesses that are very much like mine or like companies that I served in the past that I can help. And there's no greater feeling than knowing that your services can have an impact on people directly. But that was uh, that was quite a challenge to get there. I bet. Well, and yeah, you uh, getting more more niche for you just makes sense because it's I don't know. To me, that's like you are LinkedIn. That's your jam. So it's nice yeah. that that, um, that you en- ended up focusing on that because I think it's if there's a need for sure, especially as it continues to be more uh, the quality. I think keeps going up. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it's it's also fun to be able to do something. This course that's coming out on Friday is the first course that's ever been created specifically on LinkedIn pages. And that's part of the excitement for me when I started on LinkedIn. It was jumping into an area that people weren't paying attention to. to and as a marketer, I love the challenge of it. And then now that people have realized the potential of LinkedIn in general, kind of focusing on the next big challenge is a lot of fun. That's really exciting, Michaela. We're now starting to really preach hard uh, LinkedIn to a lot of our clients at Depict Media. And it's we're seeing a lot of cool things. We're paying a lot of attention and we're even trying to, to brainstorm our own um, video strategy now um, on our LinkedIn page, which we haven't really used a whole lot before. So it's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. But I love that you say that. It's exciting to know that there's a course coming out on that because we're going to be and really close attention. Speaking of, there's another course I took and I, have, I haven't circled back on. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much to learn all the time. I love that we have such great people on our show so we can kind of learn bits and pieces as we go. It's just wonderful. I love our job. <laughs> Damien, speaking of love, I love the Rootless brand. I love the mission and I love the whole vibe behind it. Tell me, what is the most exciting thing about Rootless Living to you? You know, I think it's hearing the stories from people as I'm, you know, investigating it and trying to find people that are living this lifestyle. And again, just real quick for the listeners, obviously, I wasn't here and talking about this last year. Rootless, a lot of people think digital nomad. It's really not that. It's really about not being stuck, not being stuck in where you work and where you live. And, you know, I was stuck in both for, you know, a lot of years. I spent 40 years of my life in basically Los Angeles. And, you know, I didn't really know until I got on a farm or got into small towns or stopped looking for parking for an hour and a half or waiting for a table at a restaurant for two and a half hours that I realized how stuck I was. So for me, it's like being able to teach this and talk about it. There's a lot of people that just, they do, they get stuck. It's just, you know, hey, this is all we know. This is where we live. We love it. And they don't realize that there's a complete different energy out there for you when you're in a place that really feels like home. And uh, same thing for work, you know, I mean, you know, I started the road to 1000, or it was actually the road to 300 at the time. I started it because I was doing sales and with no ability to be creative. You know, it was very much, they might as well have just handed me a piece of paper and just said, here's how we want you to do this job. Instead of, you know, we hired you, Damien, because you're really smart. We don't want to tell you what to do. Why don't you just go out and do what you want to do? And so for me, it was a creative outlet that actually turned out to be kind of a mission, which has been fantastic. Yeah, that is so cool. I love that you, you were able to find a creative outlet. It's so important. I was just having that conversation this uh, today at lunch with somebody else about creative outlets. They're so important. And if you get stuck in your job, like you're saying, it's so cool that you've been able to branch out and, uh, and take this to a completely new level, a level that I don't even think that you could have fathomed at the beginning. No, not at all. And I think too, it's not just about having a creative outlet. I'm a big guy that says have a side hustle. You know, Even if your side hustle matches up to your main hustle, 
I think yeah. that's fine. That'll probably be the only time you hear me use the word hustle. Right. But <laughs> those two things are like, I think really important. We really shouldn't live in a world where, you know, budgets can get cut or, you know, one day, you know, even, even if you own your own business, I think you should have a side hustle to be honest with you. There's no reason you shouldn't. And your side hustle can be a creative outlet. For me, it's been the video series and now I'm kind of side hustling the podcast in a way. It's just another way of building relationships that I just never knew was possible. For sure. I have a client that I thought was, uh, you know, going to stick around and they went away. And that happened to me a couple times now. So I'm learning. I got to always looking. I can't get comfortable. Comfort is no bueno. All right. So Miss Michaela, let's let's hear about this little docu-series. I tried to... I looked it up. But it's not coming out till next year. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really tough. Like I'm the type of person that if you ask me what I got you for Christmas, like I will tell you. <laughs> so the fact that I now have to wait a year, oh gosh, I need to stop taking projects where I need to be uh, keep any secrets. But yeah, it was it was a pretty wild mission. So basically the premise of the show is that there's four groups, entrepreneurs from around the world ended up in Montreal. And they were given a seemingly impossible mission. So I was actually put on a boat with 12 strangers, ages 21 to 77 years old from around the world. And we were tasked with trying to stop a hurricane from uh, making landfall in four days and also raising $100,000 in capital. So it was, needless to say, a pretty crazy experience. There was so many things involved with it. I mean, part of it was just the impossible mission itself and, and raising money, but also, I mean, lack of sleep, living on a boat, being with strangers. And I think the biggest uh, surprise for me was the imposter syndrome. I mean, I was staying on a boat with there was a NASA engineer that was there. There's another guy. He has a million followers on on uh, Instagram. Like definitely a prodigy in the digital space. Um, all sorts of just really really experienced business people. And so that was like part of this whole adventure as a whole. But uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty incredible experience, especially within four days to try to accomplish all those tasks. And now I'm just excited to uh, see what happens next. Four days. That's crazy pants. And of course, don't spoil it for us. We don't want to know what happened. <laughs> you signed an NDA. But it's it's interesting they're letting you talk about it so much. I guess I, you got to start the buzz now, hey? Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's already out there in terms of what the missions were and that kind of thing. But uh, it's it's exciting. It's it's the first of many series. So I'm hoping to stay involved with the project overall. My background is actually in film studies, and it's you know when we're talking about side hustles, I love I love the idea of getting back into film and um, potentially using my degree <laughs> in some sense would be awesome. And I don't I'm, I don't know if you can tell, but I really love being in front of the camera. So. So, so that kind of combines like the marketing, the creativeness, and it was just a really great outlet to kind of be behind the scenes and also in front of the camera. So once you get that like itch, it's hard to scratch. I bet. Very cool. So Miss Kendra, I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but um, like, is there any anything that you could share that's kind of like, what, what's the hot thing that you're helping your clients with in terms of strategy these days within the cannabis marketing space? Yeah, um honestly since the farm bill passed and then talk, talk to- a little bit about that. I don't know what what Okay. What- so there was a bill that was proposed that passed that I want to say legalized loosely hemp, basically distinguishing it from traditional marijuana which is high THC versus less than 0 
sorry, uh, 0.03% THC becomes hemp. So it distinguished the two plants, made it legal to grow, and the FDA is doing everything all summer long and continues to research to try and figure out whether or not it's okay to put it in food and long-term effects and trying to put science-based laws around it. So in the meantime, you can find CBD or CBD-like products everywhere you go. Some are considered legal, some are considered not. It's a gray area, but people are going in head first. So that's where the biggest challenge is, is trying to help as many people because people have questions and there's so many things that they can't do. And companies are being shut down or sent warning letters from the FDA because they're making medical claims, right? You can't say that CBD is going to help with sleeplessness or what, whatever the inflammation, whatever they're saying, you can't make those claims and people are. So there are a lot of things happening around when you look at the regulatory, when you look at, you know, just trying to market social media, you can, Facebook allows ads now for topicals, but nothing else. So there's just, there's a lot to navigate and figure out how to market creativity, create, the the words are hard. Um, Creatively. (laughs) Um, It's a lot trying to figure out, honestly, it's trying to figure out how to help companies market even more with more unique approaches because of all of these regulations. And that's what I personally love about it is that challenge of being able to help these companies grow, you know, build and grow and stand out from all of the masses that are coming on market right now. While still being compliant. While still being compliant because being shut down, like having Instagram pages with, you know, 50,000 followers and just having it shut down by Instagram or Facebook is a reality. Right. You have to approach things different in a different way. And you need to find platforms that are more friendly, right? LinkedIn, YouTube, to some extent, Pinterest, depending on what you're doing, tend to be more friendly than Facebook and Instagram, but everyone's over on Instagram in this industry. So it's a fine Uh, line to walk. Yeah, we actually have a client, Elo and I, that we're moving over to to LinkedIn for ads. Yeah. Facebook's just not just not cutting it for I mean, it all depends on the audience too. It depends on where they are. Right. Like anything else. But very cool. Well, and I, again, I applaud you for, for being in that space and taking that risk. And I'm sure it is a challenge. No question. Okay. So we're, we're at time, but I'm going to do a little quick round. If you were at the end of the last group, you heard I asked everyone to quickly rapid fire. What's a tool that you can recommend that, um, that folks use since you're not muted? Kendra, you want to go first? I know that Otter.io came up last. I use it all the time. I love it. But a second tool is Ecamm ah, for yeah. live videos. That platform I uh, paid for and I still have to learn how to use. It'll happen one day. I love it. <laughs> Damien. Has anyone mentioned Quick already? No. Quick. So Q-U-I-C-C. It's a closed caption service. It's really cool in the sense that uh, it's pretty affordable for what's out there, but then it's also where you can really brand it to kind of go along with your brand. Obviously, not really necessary in my book when you're doing YouTube. Most people are watching and listening in YouTube, but with Facebook and Instagram, if you're doing video, most people are uh, they're sitting down yeah. <laughs> when they're watching those it's, videos it's and they don't have sound on, so they don't bother the yeah. person in the stall next to them. Yeah. yeah. So you want to make sure that people are able to to read it, which is really cool. So yeah, yeah. quick is the one. Trans- quick, quick transcription. And they do it for stories too, which is, I think that gives them a unique edge, if you will. Without a doubt. I mean, it gets my name spelled wrong every time, but that's okay. Nobody yeah. spells it right. <laughs> you know what's funny? I have a client now with your name spelled the other way. And I, I it, it's like 
painful every time I go to write either of your names now, which is which. Just spell his name right. Don't worry about me. I never get offended. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, Michaela. Yeah, I have two. So the b- first one is Big View, B I G V you it's a teleprompter app which is awesome for people that can't freestyle videos like myself and camtasia camtasia i tried like a decade ago i feel like and it was is okay and i got access to it the other day and my mind is blown by all of the features and how like professional it ends up looking so for like tutorials if you're doing like tutorials for your linkedin page you want to do those quick one minute videos it is perfect Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to second that too with Michaela on that. I feel like it's a step above iMovie, but a step below like Premiere. So, yeah. you know, if you want those features, but not the scariness of Premiere or Final Cut, it's a great app to be using. 100%. Affordable? Yeah, 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 for sure. 100%. I think you can get like, they do specials too for you can get both where you can get Snagit, I think is their other product where you can like screen cap your stuff. Oh, and I think yeah. both of those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I always Snagit. get a look out. I didn't know it was the same company. Yeah. yeah TechSmith. Uh, TechSmith owns both, I believe. I feel like I'm getting like Kelly, though. I, we've had this conversation in the past about how, how m- many millions of things we're subscribed to. And then you kind of look and you're like, what am I actually using? And this is really adding up fast. I just went to Canva for business um, yesterday. And um, so, yeah, it's just like one. I feel like it's one after another. So, I don't think it's subscription based. I think it's a, a one, one time. I think oh, so. Okay. It's been a while since I had to purchase it. So I don't I don't see it coming on my checking account monthly. Someone's paying for oh. it if it is. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, good luck on the road to 1000 and with Plan D. I listened to Plan D um, this morning and to prep and motivate for the show for my first show or episode 37, but first show of uh, season three. Thank you all so much for being on. This has been a super fun whirlwind having nine guests on one show in 20 minute runs is, is pretty fun. I think I got it down. I'll do it. I'll, I'll probably, you know, it's like anything else will get better every year, right? Every new, every new season. I also had fewer to deal with this time. Oh, and they have six on next one. So that'll be like a piece of cake. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much for, for being with us. This has been episode 37 of making a marketer and we will catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>